Shabbatov. We are discussing now the issues of eating and the kiyotin eating. Now, once again, let's state the obvious. Um, it, we're not talking about the isur of eating non-kosher food or eating non-shechted food uh, because that would be overt. And if we were in Maki, uh, we wouldn't. Uh, if we were had done zehirut, we're not going to be worried about one of us going to have a McDonald's or, or having a, a, a treif animal, an animal that wasn't shechted properly. That's not the issue of Nekiyot here, okay? The issue of Nekiyot here is going to be very, very different. It's going to be an issue that is dealing with the intricacies and the intricities of, of, of Kashrut, the areas that either we don't know the Halakha or we are... Uh, we are negligent and uh, not careful enough in halacha. So here we could go to a load of different areas. Uh, kashrut, of course, is, is fundamentally important. Uh, it's what we put in our mouths as opposed to any other type of sin. Most sins, they don't enter our body. Uh, kashrut enters our body and as such, it's, uh, we have to be very careful what we put in our body. We all know, for example, that when we are discussing um, <coughs> issues such as uh, diets, special diets that we want, we are very careful what we put in our body. People have Torahs on, on how, they should, uh, how should, they should keep a good diet and, and, uh, and be well fed as far as calories are concerned. The question is whether we take the same amount of care uh, over the other issues, the issues such as kosher food. I'll give you an example which, which I often like to give. Uh, that example is that uh, if there was a scare about a certain food in the, um, in the news, that food would immediately go, it would immediately go off every shelf in every store. It wouldn't be available for people to eat at all. Nukuda. And, uh, and we know that to be true, right? So what happens if there's a safek if something's kosher? Uh, do we act in the same way? Do we act with the same, uh, not hysteria, but with the same uh, immediate urgency when there is a safek? Someone came up to you and said, that tin food over there is very, very nice. It's really delicious. However there's a 10% chance that there's food poisoning in it. There's not a way you're going to go near it. So why is it the case when the hechsherim on certain foods are not so, uh, they're not so good or they're not so clear, people say, no, it's a sachakol, it's beseda. You know, it's, uh, it's all right. The food is, is, is uh, all in all, there, there's not a problem with the food and most people say it's okay. We don't do that when we're talking about, uh, about health. So why do we talk about it that way when we're talking about religious health? Why is our, why is our uh, approach entirely different when we're talking about our, our soul? And so when you're going, number one, going to look for hechsherim, the hechsherim we should be looking for should be good hechsherim. They shouldn't be hechsherim that are questionable, right? And that's why people always say to me, oh, you're so, you're so machmir on badats, 
And uh, I asked myself, well, why shouldn't I be machmir on badats? Why shouldn't I get the best heksha? When I get the best heksha, I know that it's being looked at and checked in the most, in the most proper way. And, and therefore, why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I go according to that heksha? Why shouldn't I want to have that heksha? If you, if you don't go by a good heksha, you don't know whether the food is kosher or not. Now, of course, here, what most people are going to start telling you is no, it's all corrupt. The whole Hersha system is a corrupt system. And they're all just making money. I'm not suggesting here, and I don't even know to be able to tell you that that is correct or that is incorrect. But what I can tell you is that there, for each Hersha, for each Chumrah, there is actually a halachic question that is relevant. I'll give you an example. There are tons of examples here, but I'll give you an example. I, if you don't want to become vegetarian, then I, I presume you should never really do this. But if you ever go to a, uh, to a shecht house where they're shechting chickens on a, uh, on a conveyor belt, that's essentially what's happening in a factory, right? There's loads and loads of chickens and they're shechting them on a conveyor belt. So they could be doing a good shochet, could be doing a hundred a minute. I don't know. He could be doing many, many, many shechitas a minute. Now, the, the Mahadrin Hechsherim limit the Shochet to X amount per minute. Now, the difference between a kosher Shechita and a non-kosher Shechita is a hairbreadth, right? It's a, it's a question of whether he has done the Shechita properly. Uh, it's mamash a hairbreadth. Is it possible that someone trying to do as many shechitas as possible in, in a minute could make a mistake? Yes. Is it possible you'd ever find out about the mistake? No, because how can you check afterwards? How can you possibly check this out? And so the reality is that if you go to a Mahadran shecht, it, it, it makes much more sense because it's more likely, more possible that the, the stuff is kosher. Now, with every single thing of Mahadran, there is a halachic sugya. It's not, it's not something that, that someone just made up. There's a halachic sugya that needs to be discussed. And each mahadrin brings that. It's to do with gelatin, if you're talking with the hard yogurts or chalav Israel. Uh, and each of these things is a, is, is a legitimate halachic issue. Uh, now, you want to ignore the issues and say they're not issues. I'm afraid it's not true. Is there corruption? Yes, there is corruption. Mahadrin matzahs. On Pesach, for example. So Rav Rimon, the Rav Avayashu, went to check once why the price was three times higher for Mahadrin Matzahs. And he discovered that in Mahadrin Matzahs, they dismantle the machinery every 18 minutes, clean all the machinery to make sure there's no dough stuck on the machinery, and then re-build re, uh, the machinery and do the Matzahs again. That's a chumrah, right? Because even if a little bit of dough goes into matzah, Erev Pesach is battle, right? But you want to eat matzahs on Pesach, you want to eat mahadrin matzahs. So it's not, it's not just to do with people trying to make money at all. It's to do with extra work, extra pikuach. And therefore, it's very, very important uh, when we're talking about food and we're talking now, now as far as a balabast is concerned, most people listening to this are women, but even if you're men, you should know every time you go to eat in a restaurant, you look at the tuda. Okay, and you look at the tuda, and based on the tuda, you go to eat there. When someone walks into your house, they don't look at a tuda. They totally trust you. They totally trust your habits and, and your knowledge of halacha. That's an incredible, an incredible responsibility that someone has. You know, it's, it's just an enormous responsibility that someone has when uh, they're cooking at home and they're inviting people into their house and people are eating in your house on the premise that, uh, that the food is kosher. 
And, and that's our responsibility. And uh, I think we have to take that responsibility seriously. I think you'll agree. You know, it's, this is something that, that people are relying on me. And uh, if they are relying on me, I want, to, uh, I want to do what I'm meant to be doing. And, and so it is very serious. Now, to do with a tool does well. When you go to eat, right, you go to a restaurant, and it has a two-drug kashrut, and you just sit down and eat. And you say, well, so if there's a problem with the kashrut, it's their problem. So let me give you an analogy. If you walk into a regular restaurant and they have uh, a bill of health, they have a health certificate on the line, you eat there, but you get food poisoning. Is it your problem or their problem? I mean, they've got a health certificate, so essentially it's their problem, okay? But it's not your problem because you've got a bad stomachache and you have to go to the hospital with food poisoning. So even if there's a Tuda on the wall, one has to keep one's eyes open and make sure that things are the way they are. My wife always checks with people where, where they get their vegetables from and, and if the mashkiach's there. Because if it isn't kosher, om nam, they had a Tuda, so it's not totally your fault. But at the same time, you have eaten non-kosher food and that is your problem. That's not their problem, that's your problem. And so there are a lot of issues here with kashrut. And uh, today, to be honest, we have little to no excuse not to be careful with kashrut. Most of us live in areas where the availability of good kosher food is there. And uh, this is the third area. So we've discussed finance, we've discussed promiscuity, and we've discussed food. And tomorrow we move on to some others.